Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. As we move into March, not a ton of new news has been happening. Not a lot of stuff has been going on, but we have all the hypotheticals and much more today on the Knock and Lie podcast. We have Patty Takes, a loyal Chicago fan, talking about how Russ might pack up and, and head on over there and revitalize that Bears franchise. Great conversation. We also talk about a mock draft, Charles Casserly's mock draft, uh, with a couple surprises, a couple of interesting twists, uh, especially this early on in the mock draft season. But here we go. Here's my conversation with Patty Takes. Now welcome on a recurring guest, a friend of the program for sure at this point. He's been on so many times. It's Patty Takes. Patty, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I can't wait to talk some football. Yeah, this has been, uh, I think, a big week potentially for you and all the other Bears fans. Um, When Russell Wilson dropped his list earlier this week and it was uh, the Raiders, the Saints, the Cowboys and the Bears uh, for teams that, which this was very weird, doesn't want to be traded. But if he were to be traded, here are the four teams he would say he wouldn't veto a trade to, which is kind of like I've been talking about it this week. Like if you're dating a girl and she's like, I don't want to break up with you, but there are these four dudes over here that I would date, you know, if, if things didn't work out between us, which is like, it kind of feels like another key piece to this being the beginning of the end at some point, which is like, this whole thing has been very weird. You know, Deshaun Watson's like, I want to leave. Russell Wilson's like, I, I wish I was more involved in the, the scheme, like, you know, the personnel and, and that decision-making. And I wish I wasn't sacked so much. Like he's just kind of dancing around this where Deshaun is like, get me out. I'm not playing for the Texans anymore. Yeah. I, uh, it's a lot. And I, and I think that they're, you know, it's, it's the, where there's smoke, there's fire kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think Russell Wilson's on the Seahawks this upcoming season. That That's my gut feeling. And, and we'll get more into that because you're going to say that I'm crazy, but I, I think I posted this on Twitter either last night or the night before that I have gone from like, now Russell Wilson's not even in like my brain space of, uh, of of Bears quarterbacks and over the last like 48 hours thinking over it and writing about it and just like <clears throat> and 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 going over some things I think he's the quarterback in a few weeks in Chicago like I like I don't know why and we'll get into it I, I promise but I'm telling you right now Chicago Bear Russell Wilson yeah my biggest thing though with all of these trade talks is all right who are they going to give back? What are the Seahawks going to get in return? And the thing that's concerning is that the Bears don't have a ton of draft capital that's enticing. Yeah. First off, they don't have a set quarterback that they could include in the trade. You know, obviously be a lesser quarterback, but something to spice things up a little bit and give the Seahawks a tangible return. Because I think, you know, it's easy to fall in love with draft picks. Like I was listening to a podcast earlier this week. And everybody was talking about how draft picks are great until there's a name attached to the pick. Yeah. Like when it's a third round pick, that could be anybody, you know, we could go out and get anybody. That could but be the next Russell Wilson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when it's, when it's a set name and it's, and it's, uh, you know, 
you're putting a piece to that draft pick, it instantly loses its value. So like, I'm, I'm just trying to, I was going through like potential guys that could be on the move. Like who were some, like, cause I assume there has to be players involved. I don't think the Seahawks are going to just take picks. Who do you think? I mean, I've heard Khalil Mack. I know you're against Khalil Mack. I'm against think- Khalil Mack for the Seahawks. I, I, I'm against Khalil Mack getting rid of him from the Bears perspective. Cause I love Khalil Mack. Don't get me wrong from there. I don't know if, if you are trading away Russell Wilson, which you don't want to do, but you might have like your hand forced in this situation. And when you look at it, take a step back. Russ is 32. Um, he gets hit a lot and he hasn't missed a game in what, nine years. But, mm-hmm. uh, but at that same time, you know, when does the body start to deteriorate for a somewhat mobile quarterback who, thrives on just throwing the ball as far as he can downfield and having DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett go and get the ball. Um, From my perspective, if you are trading Russell Wilson, you are starting a rebuild. Mm -hmm. Um, And and there are young pieces there, but that defense was already in disrepair and it, and it, and it needs some love and it, and it certainly needs some care. Um, Getting Khalil Mack is a nice piece to add, but it doesn't, it it glosses over the larger issues there. And now Khalil Mack, as of last week, is on the wrong side of 30. And to me, if you are the Seahawks, you're looking for a younger talent than Khalil Mack because you're entering a rebuild phase. You're not trying to compete now without Russell Wilson with whoever their backup would be. Um, or whoever their new starter, whether they draft one, draft Mac Jones or draft a Kyle Trask or something in that situation would be. And, and it's kind of mind boggling from that perspective. So then it goes back to what's the prospect package that you receive in return uh, instead of Khalil Mack. Well, are you surrendering Eddie Jackson? Well, he's 28 and I don't know if the Seahawks defensive scheme fits with a safety like Eddie Jackson. Um, Eddie Jackson doesn't play a safe position. Um, and he likes to cheat and he likes to be a playmaker uh, hasn't been able to do that the last couple of years, but you're not going to put him and Jamal Adams together. Exactly. I, I was going to say you, the, what you're describing is just another Jamal Adams in the secondary, yes. which is scary. Yep. Which, is scary. Uh, uh, which is like a scary thought for a pro bowl team, but it doesn't work for an actual NFL roster that puts out 16 games a year. Um so then you look at the linebacker, do you, or linebacker situation, are you trying to pry Roquan Smith? And, and before, I love Roquan. Roquan is probably my second favorite player on this entire defense behind Khalil Mack. Um, the thing about Roquan uh, and, and the thing that, that Bears fans can probably take solace in is that Ryan Pace has drafted defense particularly well not saying that you want to replace him. He is really good and coming into his own as we saw this past season, but I'm not completely lacking confidence that Ryan Pace can't make a move to replace him or draft somebody in to, to replace that, that hole that you'd create, or are you looking to your secondary and your, and your second round pick last year, who was one of the best rookie corners in football uh, with Jalen Johnson. So Mm -hmm. Uh, you're, you're likely giving up either Roquan or Jalen Johnson. You're certainly not giving up both of them. Uh, people have thrown out Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks is also getting up there in age. Um, 
I, I think we're not focusing on the fact that from Seattle's perspective, if you trade Russ, there is no, unless you're getting Dak in return from Dallas, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no other move that can be made right now to put them in win. Now you, you, you take yourself out of the playoff picture by trading Russ. That's not the worst thing imaginable for Seattle. Uh, it might be nice to jumpstart that rebuild with a prospect package that you can get for a 32 year old Russ. Um, but at the same time, then they're not looking for the aging veterans that can go in and immediately turn them into title contenders because they're, there isn't that without a quarterback. Yeah, no. And, and that's a good point. Like the, the teams that he's listed, I mean, you can get a couple of guys, but what those group besides, like you mentioned, Dak Prescott is lacking is a top tier starting quality quarterback, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I, I don't think, do you, do you really go for Derek Carr and in a bunch of picks, do you go for, um, I mean, if they resign Jameis, are you going for Jameis and, you know, tag and trade Jameis for a bunch of, like, there's, there's no set quarterback that, like you said, would keep them in playoff contention like Russ has. And going through, you know, you went through the Bears list of prospects, going through the Seahawks list of young talent, it's like DK, Jamal Adams, and that's about it. Like, they, they are a team that lives on the wrong side of 30 as of right now. Like, they, yeah. they've, they had an insane draft class from like 2010 to 2013 just hitting on guys left and right and then now they're getting to the point where they haven't hit in a while you know they're kind of they've just kind of been falling back on their old successes and it's catching up to them um i I think the gm got extended to like 2027 or something like that so maybe because of that uh job security maybe they're a little more apt to trade rust because they know you know I, i don't have contract renegotiations coming up in two years like i can I can uh, I can afford to be a little bit risky or afford to put my team in a better position for the next 15 years as opposed to the next five. But yeah, and, and it be and you're right. If you're extended to 2027, you, it's much easier to sell. We're going to rebuild and be better before my contract year. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the biggest thing is two things actually. You don't own next year's first round pick. That went with the Jamal Adams trade, which could turn out to be an insane haul for the Jets. I mean, already, you know, getting two first-round picks for a guy who wasn't super excited about being there was was great for them um, and, and get out of having to pay him all that money. But if this turns into like a Laramie Tunzel situation where it's a even a top 10 pick, like that's that's a, a, a York, huge yeah. haul. Yeah, huge haul for, for a team that's looking pretty good. Like they're, they're very much on the up and up right now in terms of, you know, they're solely in the mix for um, Deshaun, like they're one of the top teams in that conversation. And, you know, they, they have the number two pick so they could go in a bunch of directions with, with their next quarterback if they want to, if it's not Sam Darnold. So yeah, you can um, get your franchise quarterback this year and then build up his offensive line next year, which I don't love the order of that. But if you're sold on Justin Fields and you're sold on Zach Wilson, then hop on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, We've talked about it a lot on this podcast, just in terms of like building a team ready to receive a quarterback. Um, and like you said, teams have been doing it in that reverse order of getting the quarterback and then fitting the pieces around. I, I think with the dual threat nature of some of these quarterbacks, it's easier, like for example, Kyler Murray. Like I think the Cardinals absolutely have to address the offensive line early in this year's draft, but because uh, Kyler Murray is so gifted as a runner, it doesn't have to take a huge precedence. Whereas you look at guys like Joe Burrow, 
uh, who the Bengals offensive line, which is terrible. He's getting hit left and right this season. Um, not as n- more mobile, but not as mobile as Kyler. And um, obviously they're the, with the terrible injury he had um, hopefully, you know, that leads them to go in the first round and go out and get a guy like Penny Sewell. But um, yeah, going back to rush, just finishing things up here. I mean, I just, I just don't know where, you know, is there a clear direction though? If you do say, all right, we're going to go, go ahead and rebuild, but all the teams he wants to go to, you're not getting a top pick. I mean, the best pick is the Cowboys pick. Uh, and I just read a report I was telling you about earlier where um, there was an NFL insider that, that thinks there's no way the Cowboys are even halfway interested in Russ and no. especially giving up Dak for him. But there's no top draft capital, no guarantees that if they trade away a guy like Russ, that the draft capital they'll get is anything but a late first round pick. I mean, this it seems like he's put them in a nearly impossible situation now in terms of they're going to have to hit, they're going to have to have a 20, uh, an early 2010s run on uh, drafting talent to even have a chance to be somewhat successful over the next few years. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, and that is what's the best situation for when you're trading. And, and when you look at the trade partners here, in my opinion is why the bears made so much sense as the team that could realistically get this done. Uh, New Orleans. I know that, you know, we say that like, Oh, the NFL cap is a figment of our imagination. The, Saints took that to an extreme for 10 years. And now it's at a point where it's like, all right, you actually have to do something about this Mm -hmm. because it has now become a problem. We don't know if Drew Brees is even retiring yet. That's step one there. Um, In Dallas, Mike McCarthy, (laughs) you're going to trust Mike. Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm not team Nagy and I'm not team pace right now, Mm -hmm. but Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Um, and then if you look out in Oakland, I, I just don't think that that's Vegas, John Vegas. Gruden, Vegas, excuse me. I have made that mistake a hundred times over the last week. <laughs> um, if you, uh, if you look at Gruden and then you look at Mike Mayock, the two things that they've done so well is not overspend for talent, mm-hmm. uh, even if they think that it's really good. And John Gruden has said time and time again, that he likes Derek Carr a lot, um, who knows the truth to that statement because that's just John Gruden's way of being John Gruden. Um, but I just don't see them parting with, with a significant draft package and Derek Carr to get, uh, to get rushed. And then you look at Chicago and what does Ryan Pace love to do? Make splash moves for whatever they ask for. Mm-hmm. You can ask him, you, you could ask Ryan Pace for Ryan Pace's firstborn son and then seven first round draft picks. And Ryan Pace is probably like, can I book the flight for Russ myself? So, and and that's the other thing is that we we often are throwing out um, in ordinary numbers for for draft picks. We'll be like, we're gonna include four firsts. That's Mm -hmm. that's somewhat unrealistic. No, this isn't draft day. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, there's no Ray Jennings Jr. There's no Bo Callahan. It's um, These are real people. These are real draft picks. And you're right. Draft picks look great until you attach the name to them. So the and, and, and then when you look, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Draft pa- or draft or excuse me, trade package for Deshaun 
versus Russ. What what's the big difference there? I think I think initially, like, are you talking about what will be involved or like why one will be more than the other? Both. I kind of want to know the okay. answer to both of those questions. Okay. Um, I think well, this next year, I think the cap hit is going to be like ten million mm-hmm. for Deshaun, which makes him pretty affordable. Um, in addition to being, I think, eight years younger, eight yeah. nine years younger. Um, seven. I think he's twenty-seven. Okay. And I, I think right now, Russ and Deshaun are in the same place. Like a lot of people have them kind of right next to each other as, as a top five quarterback in the NFL. So I think the, the youthful side of things with Deshaun and the fact that, you know, he still can grow in his game. I think Russ has become the guy that like, he's like, this is what you see is what you get. But I think Deshaun can still expand his game a little bit more. Yeah. Um I mean, it, it's a tough question because I was talking about it earlier with a friend um, before the Colts got um, Carson Wentz. I was like, how much would you trade for uh, Deshaun Watson? If I was the Colts, I would give five first-round picks to get Deshaun Watson. Not because he's worth five first-round picks necessarily, but you're giving up you know, your top pick in the draft for the next five years in exchange for a top-five quarterback in the NFL who is young, who is extremely talented, and most importantly, puts the Colts in Super Bowl conversation, not just like best in the AFC, one of the top teams, like legit puts them as a team that will be one of the favorites to hoist the Lombardi the next year. So I think with, you know, I think teams that are, you know, I don't want to say like uh, teams that are a quarterback away are more willing to spend uh, more amounts of capital, whether it's players or draft just because they know that they're trade, like it's not a last ditch effort. Like they're trying to get the guy and hope he turns everything around for him, but they're legitimately saying we have a great team around us. We're missing a quarterback. Why not do everything possible to bring that quarterback in? So I think with Deshaun, just because you get that longevity uh, teams with that mindset are going to pay more. Um, whereas, you know, Russ is, is a proven guy, but I would, I would definitely give, I don't know how to tangibly explain it, but there is, a, there is more value in, in Deshaun. I think like maybe a first round pick or more worth value more than, than Russ. That's exactly where I am. And I, and I honestly thought, I understand where you're coming from, from five, uh, from five first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's high. And I think the Texans package is probably looking at uh, defensive impact, like, young starter like mm-hmm. a Roquan or a Jalen Johnson and then three firsts which yeah. tells me that um and then maybe conditional round picks later in or later on um which tells me that for us it should just be conditional picks two firsts and a starter or something like that like I, mm-hmm. I don't think that the package I think that we're because we love Russ we're overvaluing Russ um and, and what he means to the NFL because Without Russell Wilson, he's one of the most entertaining quarterbacks in, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with his, you know, timid nature and, and actual, like, behavior, it's always very, like, cool, calm, and collected. And then on the field, he is a magician. He, he yeah. just really is. Um, and, and we see that, and then we overvalue it, and then we kind of have to rein it back in to say, realistically, teams aren't going to part with – the, with everything, with everything mm-hmm. that they have for a starter that's 32 that is mobile and has been hit 
a crap load over the last nine years, even though he's stayed on his feet the whole time. So, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation because what, you know, what we expect and what we've looked at for like what guys like Matthew Stafford have gone for and Carson Wentz. It's like, we're kind of building the, the um, demand and, and, and building, you know, kind of what these trades will be like in the future with Russ and Deshaun. But um, truly, I think it does come down to what's he worth to the other team, you know, yeah. like, and I, and I think that you can, it can also kind of be said for the Stafford Goff deal is that Stafford was traded for really one first round pick. And then the second first round pick was a nice addition for taking Jared Goff's salary mm-hmm. off their hands. Yeah. In my opinion, I, I, I've had trouble when people have said, well, if, if Stafford can get dealt for two firsts, then Russ can get dealt for, you know, five or four or three or whatever. And it's, I get that. And his, his value is so much more than Matt Stafford's don't get me wrong, but the value in the picks that the, that the Lions got back was not just because of them. It was, it was very much a Brock Osweiler move. Very, very that, much that. Yeah. And, and I hate when, when the, when the Colts traded for Carson Wentz and, and they were like, Oh, they wanted a, a, a package like Matthew Stafford, but he's more like Jared Goff. And I was like, well, you know, you don't understand. Like it wasn't just like, he wasn't a part of the deal. Like, that's they had to give up additional picks for them to take Jared Goff. Yeah, it wasn't even it wasn't even close in terms of uh, in terms of what that deal was about. Because I agree 100. percent What the, some of those picks were to entice the the lines to take on Jared Goff and his his salary. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation, and I mean we'll never really know. You know, like this is a very crazy off season with all these quarterbacks becoming available and and wanting to switch over teams. And that, you know, if the Bears come calling and say, we'll give you four firsts, the Seahawks might, you know, they like, you know, if they say yes, then that that becomes his value. And um, it has a ripple effect on what teams are going to have to ask for Deshaun because of, of just what's happened. But um, yeah, very interesting conversation. That's like, I mean, you know, now that we're in it's the NFL offseason yeah. Yeah, and we're we're approaching draft season and we're approaching free agency. Uh, this is all we can really talk about is we can just live in hypotheticals and, and almost go in circles a little bit, but it's still exciting to, to talk about exciting to, to go over, but anyways, let's keep it moving. Um, we're going to do a little mock of the mock draft. Um, as I've, I, I did, did last week, I've written a couple articles about, it. I think it's fun just going through some of these guys draft uh, uh, mock drafts because it really is just a fun exercise at this point. Like teams yeah. haven't, been leaking their information of guys that they really like and, and all this stuff. So it's, it's really just a formality per se going over this and saying like, Oh, I think this is a good fit here. I think this is a good fit there, but there's still some very interesting picks, interesting decisions. So we've got uh, Charlie Casserly NFL.com analyst uh, dropped his mock a couple days ago, some very interesting picks uh, in here initially. So the first two, one, two, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, um, not, not a huge surprise. I think that's kind of a, 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 a fan favorite to put Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, kind of depending on who you like in at that QB two slot. Um, three, the Dolphins take Jamar Chase, um, which I think is a, is a big move for them. Need a wide receiver. Uh, I know there are trades in this draft. I, like, do you think if Miami takes a receiver, why not just trade back, right? Like, I, I think that there are, 
it's it's really a win-win situation for them because in this draft they can either get Jamar Chase, who I view as the most talented wide receiver in the class, as many people view as the most talented wide receiver in the class, or the other two guys, Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle, his former teammates. So either way, yeah. they're getting two of some immediate help, whether it's the most talented guy or the most um, or or the the guys that he's familiar with. So do you think the Dolphins stay at three? I, I mean, I feel like a trade back makes sense because so many people want a quarterback. I uh, I agree that a trade back for them and then, I mean, I'm looking at this thing right now and I don't want to spoil what's next, but this third pick, that is the pick to me that makes the most sense to trade back in the mm-hmm. top five. Yeah. And we don't get that. So I, yeah, I, I'm with you. There. It's one thing. <laughs> it's one thing if we get, you know, if there are no trades in this draft and we're saying, all right, the Dolphins have to um, stick with, you know, whatever pick they have. But the fact that next pick Panthers trade up from, from eight to four um, is now saying, all right, the Dolphins are going to stay. Like when's the last time a a wide receiver has been drafted number three, I'm trying to go back and and think, I mean, I know like Justin Blackman was the number five pick and we know how well that turned out. Kevin White, uh, sorry to bring back bad memories. Number four. There was really uh, no need to do that with the, with the Bears. Um, uh, he uh, was number, I think, nine. Or oh, seven. was he nine? Oh, was it later? Oh, for it, was, it was seventh. Yeah. Oh, Hell okay. yeah. Get off my back. <laughs> yeah, it was a yeah, outside He wasn't white. Yeah, he caught a on. Hail Mary that and then got tackled on the one. Come on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Very, very interesting. But this number four pick, like we're talking about, I'm just thinking over this whole first round. I've talked about this a lot. And I'll continue to talk about it, but Trey Lance to the Panthers may be the best fit for him. Like out of any team, I think at any player going to any team, it makes more sense because you don't have to start right away. You can sit behind Teddy Bridgewater, learn from Joe Brady, who put Joe Burrow from, you know, a seventh round pick to the number one pick in the draft with all those pieces. They can still build their weapons. Um, and there's no rush because Matt Rule is on that seven-year whatever contract that he doesn't have to win right now. He knows he can build, and this team is very good. So you get a guy like Trey Lance, who I've talked about it before. I think Trey Lance has a chance to be the most talented quarterback in, in this draft. Like when we're looking back on it, uh, I, I think he has a lot of the tools that we see from guys like Josh Allen, who is, as we know, very successful in the NFL right now. Um, and because there's a blueprint in place to get the most out of Josh Allen, because that's a guy like Trey Lance runs well, big body, tough to bring down, big arm, a little bit inaccurate at times. Like this, this is exactly Josh Allen's issue, but I think he's better coming out of the gate and a little bit smarter in terms of, you know, you hear about what they ask quarterbacks to do at North Dakota state. Like they're calling um, protections at the line. They're, they're constantly, asking their quarterbacks to do more than the average NFL or the average college quarterback where normally it's just like, here's half the field. There's your first read. There's your second read. If you don't see it, take off and run. Uh, Like Trey Lance is coming in with a higher football IQ than most college quarterbacks. Well, let me say this. I think when, when you look at Trey Lance, I'm very happy that because I've liked Trey Lance for a while. Um, and I'm very, very happy that him not having a season this year to play mm-hmm. uh, didn't uh, didn't kill his draft stock. Yeah, I, I think he's going to like truly I think he's going to go up. 
I think that he's going to be in a situation where uh, you have a guy uh, who, who like, let's say they have bad tape, like before or earlier on in the season, like they didn't have, for whatever reason, didn't play well. Uh, and then they go into the pre-draft process and they're wowing teams and all the, and they, they watch them do these drills and they're playing a lot better. And suddenly you see, you know, you kind of forget what happened from the previous season. I think not having a season is, is similar to bad tape, I think. And, and so now that you have a situation where uh, Trey Lance can, can go in and, and, and wow teams with that pre-draft process, I think they're going to do um, some very impressive things. And I think he moves up the draft board. I think right now he's kind of across the board QB4. I know in this mock he's QB3. But I think as we continue through the draft process, He's going to sneak up in the conversation where teams like the Jets are saying, wow, we were really impressed with our interview with him. Or the Falcons are saying, wow, this guy could be, you know, our next franchise quarterback and sit him behind Matt Ryan. So it's, it's, um, it's something to watch, I think for sure, because there is a precedent for this before with, with guys that have, have kind of risen up just really through, you know, not nothing happening on the field. Um, but I don't know. It's something to watch, but it, I, I think did, it's a very real possibility. Did Josh Allen start week one his rookie year? Yeah, I think so. I think so. No, no, he didn't. He came think, in a little bit later. Wait, was it Tyrod Taylor? You might be right. Was that who was there? I think you're absolutely right, Josh. Because I, re- I mean, I always just remember talking about. Uh, Bad like, radio, but still. Yeah, like Tyrod Taylor always losing his his job. Started to, uh, eleven games in twenty eighteen. Um, in twenty eighteen, he also did get hurt at one point. So, oh wait, no, he was the backup to Nathan Peterman. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, they didn't really give him much of a choice. He had to be there. Wow, yeah, it says yeah because twenty eighteen Tyrod Taylor would have been in Cleveland. Yeah, September 9, 2018, Allen made his first regular season appearance against the Ravens after Peterman was benched, posting a 0.0 passer rating. Oh, my God. <laughs> no touchdowns, two interceptions, five of 18 with 24 yards. That was Peterman's stat line. That's insane. That's incredible. Josh I Allen wasn't much better, six of 15, but he didn't throw any picks. So Yeah, take what you can get. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's it, – uh, what a – what a, I, I love the – point in time where Nathan Peterman was a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, very, very crazy. Anyways, back to this mock. Panay Sewell to the Bengals. That's everyone loves to do that. I think it makes sense for them. Why not? Devon Smith for the Eagles. I mean, I understand why you need to go out and get a wide receiver because you've missed almost hilariously. We've talked about it before. They go with Jalen Rager, two picks later, the best rookie wide receiver in the class justin jefferson at least right now justin jefferson goes two picks later and has an insane year two years ago jj ortega white side in the second round a couple picks later dk metcalf like you're so close to getting things back on track but just hilariously missing but again is a wide receiver in the top 10 is that going to solve everything like you have jalen hurts now as as your quarterback unless you bring in somebody for him i think your offensive line is so old yeah or Defense is lacking in every step of the way. And, you know, good for them for buying in on Jalen Hurts. I don't think they need to draft a quarterback in the first round or anything. Um, but the team is really lacking around. And I don't think that a wide receiver, a wide receiver glosses over everything. So I don't know if 
a wide receiver is a good choice, but I also don't know if the Eagles are dumb enough to choose a wide receiver in the top mm-hmm. 10. Yeah, it, it's it's weird because I will say I'm not I'm not anywhere near sold on what Jalen Hurts can do. I thought he had some magic initially. Yeah. But he's a guy who's really, if you look at it, if you you know pull out the wide view, he completed a little over 50% of his passes, was incredibly mobile, but didn't show much of anything like he'll wow you on a couple of plays but really where you make your money in the nfl is not being able to make this the you know the on the run 40 yard throw it's being able to sit back in the pocket pick apart a defense with short you know intermediate throws uh and and uh eventually open up to the big stuff like that's where the money's made if you can't you know like josh allen is a perfect example of that a guy with a big arm who can play at you know can make the the wow plays but he didn't take the leap into top five quarterback conversation uh, until he cleaned up the overall game before he started completing 70% of his passes and making the smart throws and, and, you know, extending plays, but being smart about it. Um, So that's what I want to see from Jalen hurts in year two. I don't know if he can do that, but you know, the Eagles don't really have much of a choice now and and are kind of stuck with it. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's one of those you make your bed. You make your bed. You have to lie in it, and that's kind of where the Eagles are. I, I don't think they'll draft a wide receiver, and and I'm not going to get into the. I think this guy's mock draft is wrong. Yeah, everybody's mock draft is wrong to a point. Um, but I, I, I this pick in particular, I, I'm not a huge fan of. Well, don't worry. It gets uh, more questionable. Yeah. Number eight. So the Falcons traded back with the with the Panthers. Um, we went from four to eight and drafted Najee Harris. Uh, I, I have made it a point when going over these mock drafts to never say like, this pick is stupid. Like, what are they thinking? Yeah. You know, cause it's, it's an exercise and like, it's a mental exercise saying, all right, what are team needs? Where are some fits? What can they, what can they go here? This is the closest I've been to calling a pick stupid. First off, first off, it's a Falcons team who, does have a lot of holes, does have a lot of needs. Hometown kid, Justin Fields is still on the board, still available. You were able to trade back at four and still be in a position to draft a top, top quality quarterback. Like not many guys can say that, you know, but to get Najee Harris, I just don't understand. Like what, you know, what's the need to, to go out and get a guy. Whereas, you, you know, uh, ETN is still available. Wasn't drafted in the first round. Javante Williams, a guy who I think has a chance to be the best running back in this class as well, still available. Like you could hit on guys in the second and third round that can be immediate impact guys that you don't have to spend a top 10 pick. Also, Brian Hill is not bad. Yeah. I, I, I hate to sound like Gino or not Gino or any Ariama, uh, Jim Calhoun. He's not bad. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, instead of taking Karan Butler and Najee Harris, you have Brian Hill already, who's a sustainable back. Fix something else. Yeah, there's a lot of things. How about the the defense? Pick a pick a guy who could be a difference maker yeah. there. If you don't want to go quarterback, I don't know. Very very weird. Very interesting. Anyways, we'll keep it moving. Eleven, Jalen Waddle to the Giants. I mean, this is a make or break year for Daniel Jones. So I like that they're going out and getting him some serious talent. Yeah, honestly, more than anything. I would love to see Kyle Pitts go here just because of being able to run some two tight end sets with Evan Ingram and Kyle Oof. Pitts. Like I think Kyle Pitts 
you know, Jalen Waddle is a speedster and he's a very talented wide receiver. Don't get me wrong, but quick wide receivers, you know, that have good hands are becoming more and more prevalent in the NFL tight ends that have this, the body and size and ability to play the tight end position who can be a thousand yard receiving guys are very rare. Like there we're talking two. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, and maybe Darren Waller's in that conversation. All right, there are three. Yeah. 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 Like it's, I'm offended that you didn't say Cole Komet, but whatever. Yeah. He's got, he's still got to prove it. I mean, he's got a chance for sure. For sure. And I don't want to count him out yet, but yeah. like the fact that you can get a guy who has a chance to be in a, you know, do something that only three other tight ends in the NFL can do. Maybe, you know, Travis Kelsey's getting older. George Kittle can't stay healthy. Like who's to say Kyle Pitts can't be the best tight end in the NFL pretty soon, yeah. you know, just in terms of the season he put up at Florida this year and in his, in his skills and abilities, you know, I love Jalen Waddle. Don't get me wrong, but when you have an opportunity to draft a guy like Kyle Pitts, who is, you know, a very, as rare as they come, I feel like you, you got to take it. You have to go for it. That, that's kind of, yeah, I, 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 I would, I would love to see Pitts go there just because that kind of opens things up for them. He's a huge red zone target. Um, probably the best in the draft by far. Mm, yeah. uh, and when you look at what the Giants were lacking, and, and part of this is on Jason Garrett, but uh, Daniel Jones was not good in the red zone, at least mm-hmm. from what I, from what I've read or from what I've seen, uh, and from what I can remember. Adding Kyle Pitts to that to that lineup is significant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. In terms that. of in terms of touchdown production, turning those field goals that they would always kick into touchdowns—that's huge for them. That's the difference between winning and losing yeah. five to six games every, every season. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a very big deal making, making that switch. Um, Patriots end up getting Kyle pitch, which makes sense. I mean, like a lot of these mocks I read somehow they end up coming out with the best skilled player in the draft um, yeah. at 15, you know, which is, which is great. Now they just have to figure out who's throwing to him, which I, I don't, I, I don't know at this point who it could be. could be anybody really. Uh, I could yeah. be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots next year. Breaking news, by the way. Oh wow! Um, okay, he's Bill. In the, he's... Bill reached out, and I have taken a I have taken a position, uh, and will be in charge. Wow! All right, I get full player control too. Really? Wow! He's, really? he's giving yeah, it up. Yeah. This is this is I'm, man. This is a this is big right news. Hand, man. Right. Well, you got to be careful what you say then now when we're talking about like free agents or draft guys. I got to be well, careful. You don't want to be tampering. Um, and water is great for preventing sunburn. And, uh, you know, what did Brady tweet? Oh. Noting, noting to see her, just a little <laughs> avocado tequila or something. Yeah, just a little avocado tequila. All right. Yeah. Wow. Love it. Love it. All right. We'll, we'll speed through the back end of this draft here. Um, I, I just want to note, I like Jeremiah Wuzakormoa, linebacker at Notre Dame, but Casterly said he's a better prospect than Isaiah Simmons, which is very funny to me. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong, I guess. I haven't watched a ton of him, but Isaiah Simmons was kind of the, the undisputed best linebacker prospect coming out of the, the last few years. So the fact that Wuzakormoa like he thinks that he's better than him is good for Washington for getting him at 19, but I, I don't know. 
I don't know if that's uh, I don't know how to feel about that exactly. I uh, personally, I, I love him because I'm a big Notre Dame fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that helps. Uh, however, that Washington defense is so good with Chase Young that adding him would make it truly dominating, in my that would opinion. Be insane. Yeah, it, it would really be insane. But I don't know. I, I I had to step away for four seconds a second ago. I'm not sure if you hit on the fact that Justin Fields is available. Mm. No, I did not mention that, but. And if you're Washington and Justin Fields is still on the board, um, as long as people went to Justin Fields' birthday party, then I don't know. Like, I don't know why he's dropped this far that you're not at least considering that. I know yeah. that they had, I know that they might have, you know, a hesitancy to go after another Ohio State quarterback after everything <laughs> failed so miserably um, with Dwayne Haskins, but. If Washington is looking for that quarterback, it, it's Justin Fields is still there. So yeah, guys like Justin Fields aren't going to be around um, in the anywhere past the top ten in most NFL drafts. I mean, this is a this is a rare mock instance, but I think if he had slipped past, I don't even know, like the Falcons at eight, I think the bears would be on the phone. Washington would be on the phone. A lot of teams, the 49ers would be on the phone trying to go up and get, yeah. Why did the 49ers go and like, why would they draft Justin? I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Not, not trying to dig into that too much. Um, We'll hit on our two picks. Um, Spoiler. Justin Fields goes to the Steelers, which good for them, but I do, I do not think that happens in real life. He passes the bears. (laughs) Yeah. He passes the bears. Not a chance. Um, yeah. Instead, the Bears draft Kadarius Tony, uh, who Which I think I love is that very pick. And I love that pick. I do. Just not with Justin Fields still up there. Um, but also, riddle me this: What is different between Kadarius Tony and Darnell Mooney? Probably nothing. But the more Darnell Moonies that you can add, the better you are. I think Darnell Mooney was second to Justin Jefferson, probably in terms of pure talent that we saw last year displayed. He caught everything to him. Uh, his route running was exceptional, and he didn't have a quarterback who could throw the ball to him. Yeah. The amount of times that he was overthrown or underthrown because he was simply faster than the ball. I did, I did see that video him. of him oh. just like – there was a the one route of him just cooking Jalen Ramsey. Oh, <laughs> wide open. Just and the wide ball open. just goes 10 yards over his head. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, that's just too bad. Um, honestly, Darnell Mooney reminds me of a small Allen Robinson Mm. based on his movements and his, and his characteristics on the field. So you add it, if this thing says that if you keep Allen Robinson and add Tony, a better prospect than whatever, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, he said better prospect than just, okay. Yeah. Uh, they'll all of a sudden have a formidable, uh, receiving court and it's just having three Allen Robinsons is, Mm. is what you're telling me. Is that yeah. you go from Robinson, Mooney, and Tony, uh, Tony, um, and and I love that. Yeah, give, that, give I mean, me as good... many Allen Robinsons as you possibly can. That's a great wide receiver group. I think. Oh, yeah, you've convinced you've convinced me on it. At first, I was like, I don't know, this doesn't make a lot of sense, but and add yeah, Russell yeah, yeah, Wilson yeah, guess... throwing the ball to him. Ooh. <laughs> well, actually, even if you trade for Russell Wilson, you good won't point. Have, good point. We you won't have, have the twenty pick, but. That's uh, you'll take that. Who, who, yeah, who do you who do you want more, Russell Wilson or Kadarius Tony? <laughs> well, when you put it that way. 
Yeah, breaking news. Uh, yeah, no, anyways, um, Colts go with a left tackle, Ke Tevin Jenkins. I haven't looked at this class at length. I love Elijah Vera Tucker. I think uh, Rashawn Slater is good. I don't know too much about guys past that. Darisa, I've heard good things. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Anyways, going through the rest of this, the Titans try and hit again with the offensive tackle in the first round after Isaiah Wilson has notoriously flamed out. Have you heard some of the things that he did this past season? No. Like, I don't know if this is, I just heard it, it was like a rumor, but like apparently during the season, went to a party, a, a college party, no mask on and dove out of a second story window Good. from that party. Good. Which right. is, I mean, has it's there really, been a Right, yeah. That, um, the thing that bugs me with Isaiah Wilson is the fact that he's like, I have no interest in, like, I'm done playing for the Titans. I've played my last game. Then he, like, deletes the tweet or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, cool. The Titans are probably done with you. Like, they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're picking an offensive tackle to replace you. It's yeah, not you can't fire with you. you. You can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's really what it is. Yeah. I, it was, it was, yeah, very weird that whole situation. Um, I mean, yeah, but it's also sucks to just fail so miserably at drafting a guy, you know, like this has been, it's one thing if he gets injured, it's one thing yeah. if he's just simply not good, but the fact that he is like, you know, was it just a lack of pre-draft interview process, whatever, like what happened that they were like, yeah, this is our guy at 28 and you can't tell us otherwise. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Very weird. Anyways, um, this has been fun. I always like going through mock drafts. Um, yeah, we're kind of much. in, we're kind of in, I don't want to say dead space because post free agency in the draft is truly the dead space. Just that waiting time over the summer. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, until then, at least we can look at mock drafts and, and talk about where Russell Wilson is going to end up. So Thanks are we going to get the, uh, are we going to get the famous uh, JT mock drafts at some point too? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into those, uh, those. Cool. a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sticking with, um, you know, just going through other people's mock drafts um, while I fill out, you know, my, my draft board, but it'll, it'll be coming. We'll have a couple, we'll do a couple. I think last oh, year yeah. we only did one on the, on the podcast, but I think we're going to do a couple more this year. Good. Um, We'll get some. We'll get some smart people in here, like yourself, to to talk Hell more yeah. about right. some of these some of these guys. Ego. Um, exactly. Yeah. Before we before we put it together, but Patty, as always, thank you again. This was fun. Let's do it again soon. Let let Russ cook in Chicago, baby. <laughs>